0: You are listening to the Rex Crim Show. I'm your host, Mike, and today I'm going to be chatting with my friend. I'm hoping to cover the idea of art versus obscenity and to explore a little bit more of daily life in quarantine. And um, so, without further ado, I'd, I'd like to introduce a very longtime friend, the one and only, the recent author of Computers, Breakups, Sparkling Water, for which I had the pleasure of recently reviewing bass is loaded
1: well thank you mike that's a nice introduction and uh thank you for having me
0: i like to just you know start off with a bit of formality but
1: butter butter the guest up that's probably a good good move
0: i trust you got my email um you know i spent a little bit of time listening through each of your tracks and I think there's kind of a theme, certainly in the artwork, at least. Um, the album seems to me like it's a comment on daily life, you know, in, in quarantine. Uh, yes. Am I projecting? No,
1: no. I think there's themes of that uh, in the work, for sure. Uh, definitely visually, because I uh, included a mask uh, in the album artwork, and that was a, a pretty immediate indication of maybe the time it's almost like a, it's like a footnote. You know what I mean? It's like a, a point in time. And yeah. So like I said, I'm explaining this, not that great, but like no. I, I think said, you, it's... I
0: think you are, you know, you're hitting on the key points and I'm sitting writing this show, trying to make sense of like what the hell it is that I'm doing on the Rex Crim show. And, you know, it, it, it really is just a means of, as we've chatted about in regular uh, telephone calls, it's a means of sort of documenting one's life like i don't know leaving a legacy it would seem
1: you're talking about to publish work like your yes. art and that kind of stuff
0: precisely uh
1: yeah am i okay? Wrong? so maybe i don't want to answer a question with a question but legacy meaning what like uh i have my interpretation of what leaving a legacy is but what's yours just so i know you know
0: yeah. where you're at Oh, wow. That's a good question. I guess, you know, the idea of it has to do maybe with mortality and once, you know, God, we're starting off, we're starting off so well here. Let's begin at the end with death. But, you know, I I think there's something to be said about a desire for humans to want to be remembered.
1: I think that's true. I think that's very true. And we all try to achieve it in Totally unique ways. Um, this isn't exactly—I suppose it is legacy—not from a life and death standpoint. It's more legacy in terms of my time invested in this space. Uh, I've been a, a literally a lifelong fan of music. My childhood was filled with uh, wonderful Motown music, uh, the Beach Boys. This is when my parents were still married and uh, my family was uh, living all together with siblings. Uh, my parents have since separated and remarried. But what I'm trying to say is that I remember that living room and that living room was awesome. It was, um, it had a lot of really nice natural light. It had built-in shelving containing, you know, preamps and a turntable and half decent speakers. And it was a very like iconic memory from my childhood. And I remember fantastic motown music in fact i can get more specific it was a four cd box set um and you know we they i think uh i guess the truth is that it was a six uh, cd changer uh back in the day so all of them were in there and this you know this preamp and this uh six disc changer was smart enough to know okay i finished album one i go to album two so it was just on you know what i mean it's not like it was being maintained a lot it was just on
0: who is who is the influence this was your folks your your... yeah
1: yeah my parents were both very much into music so i guess i guess it was around you know like we had a record player we had chubby checker you know do the twist and it was just uh yeah, so where I'm going with this is, I began as a fan for sure, and I still am. I think I'm a fan first and foremost, and then, um, you know, my uh, my ambition and my goals to like get, you know, improve my craft or learn an instrument or just like learn it, try to emulate my, you know, the the people that I was a huge uh, fan of. Um, it turned into. Um, I think it turned into a relationship of you you get out of it what you put into it and I put in a lot of time and a lot of energy and after honestly it didn't come that quick after many years of plugging away it just turned into something where I was capable of I guess like writing and performing my own music uh, across instruments with drums and guitar and singing and keyboard and slide guitar and whatever whatever's in the picture you know so
0: so so we should highlight i mean specifically on the this album uh i don't think you've quite yet has it made its big debut you haven't officially released it yet or have you
1: that's a good question where can Um,
0: where can folks find it uh, find it you know uh uh, if you like to have a, a shameless plug i mean um
1: yeah yeah definitely um you could link it to the episode it's uh basesloaded.bandcamp.com.
0: Forward slash releases.
1: Uh yeah, but I think you can just search the the name itself and it brings up releases.
0: Sorry. Are, are you still doing tweaks? Um, I mean the album is computers break up sparkling water. Yeah. Are you still, you know, um you've you've laid all the tracks down. This is a one-man band mm-hmm. project.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And um, if I understand, you're you're still sort of tweaking um final pieces but but there's still there's there's versions that are available right now online
1: that's true um i've shared it with a very very select group of people which is two people um yourself and uh my uh my compadre uh, Spanish Harlem. And that's a pseudonym. Of course, that's not his uh, birth name, but, uh, we call him Spanish Harlem just for fun. Or I guess I'm the only person who probably calls him that anyway. <laughs> not,
0: not like your, not like your birth name, which is all oh, your birth certificate would say basis.
1: Well, of course, naturally. Um, yeah, so oh, what am I tweaking right now? I'm having some interesting. Uh, Are you
0: feeling comfortable
1: with with what?
0: With the fact that you know we're just supposedly having a normal conversation. Oh yeah, that'll be broadcast, you know, publicly for anyone with with the link or an inclination to yeah, listen.
1: Yeah, I'm totally comfy. I'm happy. I'm just trying to, you know, I'm trying to pace myself. This isn't a this isn't a sprint. It's a marathon, right? I mean, we're in the podcast biz right now, so I don't know if you <laughs> we, can. <laughs> I'm not doing the hundred meter dash, am I, Mike? I mean, holy.
0: It's really just, you know, we're only just dancing around the, uh, we you know, just warming up. Just begun. <laughs> yeah. Well, I want to give context, you know, folks should know who is uh, basses and, you know, how do I know them? How are we connected? Um, I mean, we played music for, for a while. I mean, oh, yes. you're an inspiration to me uh, musically and. And, and vice uh, versa. A, a lot of other folks. Uh, you know, that we've that you've introduced us to, I think of one who recently went across country to Van uh, near to Vancouver, I should say in BC. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess I could say his alias. I'll so I'll do a shout out to the one and only uh, Dick Altavista. I think that's within reason. Oh yes, right. yes, of course. So I, I'm sure he won't mind. He is also an inspiration and a large part in um, you know wanting to use my voice. And so I'm delighted to be you know retracing uh, the steps uh, a little bit and to be coming back to to you, my my favorite sport, baseball.
1: Well, God love you, Mike. Um, that was not a
0: home run by any means. I know we have chemistry usually when we're bantering. Oh, we're, and- we're we're just
1: getting ready to go here, bud. We're climbing just a little hill and about ready to take on Everest, so don't you worry. I'm going to be tough talking and quick talking and giving all kinds of sass, and you just wait. But I'm uh, trying to be polite. I'm a guest, after all, for crying out loud. You want me to bang on the walls and uh, set off a fire alarm? What do you want? Well, I, Speaking yeah, of trying- fire alarms, I... What, uh, what happened on your end, Mike?
0: We're, we are delayed starting the show. Uh, it's a late night show, and maybe I'll hit, click the uh, part in the uh, podcast that says it's explicit. We had a bit of a fire earlier, and it, it's been an eventful evening in the uh, building where I'm recording to you from in Toronto. But the chemistry is real, I think, and we've got relatively good audio quality coming in, despite the fact we're far distances from one another. Usually, the chemistry is within one room mm-hmm. i mean i think of some great times we were playing uh, could uh, is it appropriate i mean i'm in toronto and that's about as much as i disclose of my location mm-hmm. for obvious reasons but is it is it on um, how comfortable are you sort of indicating the city that you're located in oh I mean, of course
1: yeah that's fine uh I in am, our
0: nation's capital
1: that's right i'm in the city of ottawa so that's where i'm at
0: where i live for a lot of years and um and feel you know very close to home at Mm -hmm. are you missing um travel where was the last place you went internationally before this pandemic Mm,
1: that's a very good question um uh, i believe it was chicago i think that's the last uh, place that i've been to
0: Chi town. I fell in love in Chi town. I
1: know. I know. Yeah. You, uh, you really lay it on real thick, like, uh, Frankie Sinatra when you're in the, uh, deep, uh, deep dish, uh, pizza city. Ain't that right, Mikey?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think I went to each and every deep dish, uh, offering that that was there. Let's, let's, but I say,
1: did, can we hit that quickly? Uh, yeah, for you, sure. That's it. Where do you stand on that subject? Mike?
0: are you going to ask me the questions? What the love of my life?
1: No, no. Uh, the pizza. Sorry. Uh, I'm happy to hear about oh, the love geez. of your life, but you well, mentioned the Chicago deep dish and it's a very contentious subject. The
0: pizza was, was fantastic. And it was a topic of conversation the whole trip, but the main event was Lollapalooza mm-hmm. in 2017, I guess it would have been. Oh God. I won't give any you know too many specifics but I had a ball it was just so fantastic and fell in love with you know more than just one person but um, <laughs> a whole <laughs> a whole harem but, of people is that what, you, what whole, are you saying <laughs> yeah <laughs> I mean to say a whole bunch of artists as well the music there and, mm. and the groups like for example um, I'll just is it appropriate to throw out names i think so you're you're talking about chubby uh chubby checker, chubby checker yeah and i mean twist and yeah of course and i'm a huge fan of the beatles but you're not getting them uh, these days although um my lovely girlfriend who shall remain nameless at the moment um i learned recently has a mother that went to a beatles concert oh no kidding yeah i thought that was so cool um you know shout out to britain um but i digress i uh you know the blossoms was one of the one of the artists that i found there love them uh they're an amazing band from england and um there's another great artist that's coming to mind i'll link these i guess in the in the uh notes what the hell is their name it'll come to me anyway um home in a deep dish Mm. it was a ball but i am monopolizing this uh, conversation and you're good at turning it on me but i'm gonna turn it right back on you just as well so how how comfortable are you in uh, sharing the uh the the type of work that you do uh not at all no we'll keep we'll steer clear of that i mean the the labor of love that you have is for being an artist i think and putting your your time and effort into um you know, your, your vocation.
1: Oh, uh, well, that's, uh, not
0: now, now what you do nine to five.
1: No, that's true. No, that's, these are my personal hours that I put into this. Um, yeah, I, I, I think I do a pretty good job of like compartmentalizing and keeping things in their proper place in terms of uh, career and in terms of, um, personal interests and family and so forth so it's uh I think that's kind of one of the spices of life and one of the joys of life you I don't have to choose you know one side I, I choose all sides I choose them all so mm-hmm. um yeah it's it's fun I mean like everyone should have a hobby I think and I guess this kind of qualifies as mine um but uh yeah I mean I,
0: I'm trying to to, to paint Uh, For anyone listening, I'm trying to sort of paint a picture for them of um, times that we've spent together, um, you know, any bandmates, uh, memorable bandmates, great friends, a lot of pizza in Ottawa, I remember lovers
1: of uh, Bronson pie, get a meat man from Bronson pie.
0: Yeah, yeah, Ottawa was, you know, it was very cold, you'd have to, you'd have to pack on the the pounds just to keep warm, as I remember.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's true. It's true. Yeah. So, uh, you know, they sometimes call it the freshman uh, 15 or in Ottawa, yeah. the Frank Street 15, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. So.
0: Well, in my case, yeah. But um, the second, well, I, I have really fond memories of living in Ottawa. I, I remember sort of, Getting fit and taking uh, some ownership over my own fitness.
1: Uh, yeah, you were. I saw you running. You were like a bolt of lightning out there, and I'm not even saying that. Yeah, uh, well,
0: that's that's very kind. It, it's more true. like a slow. It's more like a slow hobble as I.
1: Oh, I think you're selling yourself short. We we stumbled into one another on a run. I asked if I could join you. You said fine. You left me in the dust. I was back at uh, expect, no. <laughs> expectations or whatever. Stupid breakfast restaurant is uh in that spot somewhere on Laurier. But anyway. Well,
0: I think it was an artist bakery we went to out oh yeah, where, yeah. Did we go we for used a to run there music. too? Yeah, where we used to play music. Uh what was that? City um what is it called? City Place?
1: Oh geez. What um, the hell is it called? Hmm.
0: Anyway doesn't
1: matter. No, what is it called I, I
0: feel like anything that's said you know i'll have to put reference to so i almost want to limit all the references all the name dude, dropping this sure. one's good i guess no dropping.
1: just you know don't be such a silly willy eh
0: what am i doing right uh, i uh this i want for long form conversation in the podcast you know format uh was born out of my some time ago giving up social media and mm. that was something that you you had always sort of maintained. You always have kept a, a, a level of, um, you know. I admire that about you. I think bases this idea of discretion, mm. you know, and and um, yeah, there's there's a certain way that that um, that you use language and your usual chat, mm. but also in in your in your work, you know. And I listen to the lyrics of of, uh, of the music. Maybe you know before before we move on. Um, you know tell me a little bit more about you know what inspired you with this album and specifically my favorite song number five
1: 100 yeah you like I that I one of it you like the alex trebek reference don't you yeah good old canadian boy i think
0: so but it's the music
1: from sudbury the big nickel
0: yeah this is a canadian show it seems
1: yeah CanCon. Give us the royalties, baby.
0: I like the idea of it being a little bit more cosmopolitan, though, as well. Like maybe being able to do it around the globe, <laughs> again, someday. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about the future, but
1: um, yeah, you don't need to drop anchor uh, with a, a podcast or a show or a conversation. That is the yeah. That
0: is the beauty, and we've
1: we've uh, we've we've kept that. Uh, uh, kind of intentional live. We've communicated when, uh, you were globe trotting and so on and so forth. I'm remembering conversations that were, um, in different countries and continents. And so we, in other words, we like to, we like to gab, we like to shoot the breeze, you know, just flap our gums for a little bit, blow V8 in front of a crowd, blow a couple kisses to the back row. And that's what we like to do. And that's okay. So the listener is going to be treated to a, you know, five course meal of, uh, Uh, you know uh, what do we call it Uh, uh, (laughs) an indulgence of lexicon or whatever I don't know I mean preach uh, yes so we've established that we like to like to flap the gums
0: well we keep in touch i i have a very fond memory of as i said to you recently um i recall living abroad i was in spain at the time and you were you were mm-hmm. sending me um old shuffle ipads that had been loaded with uh to the brim with with all the cool <clears throat> music I, I thought it was so cool i can't i can't imagine any of the artists back then uh, that you would have been opening my ears to
1: no shit yeah that's a good question there'd probably be some interesting stuff on there yeah i know what you like though you daddy likes a lot of rhythm well you know what you know likes to get the one two step i i understand i know how to i know how to you know work with you mike
0: i should hope that i'm easy to to please when it comes to you know i just like the simple things absolutely yeah what was
1: the question you asked me before i kind of I kind of steered it off a cliff That's okay. like uh, Ted Kennedy did to his girlfriend at the time. Oh, snap. Sorry.
0: Anyway, That's a wrap. Re- you understand what a, I'm talking about? It's a reference to your recent album. I know, but, um,
1: what is the Ted Kennedy thing? Well, <laughs> the, yeah,
0: I think I heard some things.
1: The line of the Senate. He drove, uh, off a bridge with his, I think it was a married woman in his trunk, um, abandoned the vehicle, allowed her to drown. And the allegation is that she would, or that he rather was, uh, under the influence, and uh, swam to shore, uh, politicized it, and called out like a search party to the scene of the crime for which he caused. Um, I, I, you know, I mean, Kenned, the Kennedy family is the thing of legends, but I just find that story to be, uh, it sticks out. Let's just put it that way. It's one of those stories that you kind of furrow an eyebrow at, and you're like, really? Yikes! That ain't good. Hmm. So I, I departed uh, little segue but over to you mike
0: thank you for proving my point you do have a certain way of <laughs> of you know of, of language but i my specific question was about uh, the song 100 and what inspired you or generally you know feel free to share any of the lyrics
1: um what can i say i i i'm a firm believer in just checking it out you know check it out if you like it that's Great. And if you don't, that's totally fine, too, because uh, I like and don't like a lot of music. And um, I think the music kind of sells uh, itself or it doesn't. Right. And it's one of those beauties in the eye of the beholder thing. So I guess what I can say to summarize is that some of the lyrical content is, is wordy. It's very referential. It's kind of one of those things that I guess if you uh, are into it and you pay attention, it kind of rewards you and um, you know, new layers uh, present themselves, and and that kind of thing. So I think just check it out. You know, if you're interested in giving the you know brand new thing um, a shot, give it a shot.
0: One of the things I've been hearing lately from podcasts I listen to a lot of them is this idea of like content never being enough. Like there's always a demand for more. Yeah. And one true. of the that's one true. of the criticisms that I heard um, today on well, I guess I'll drop the name the Louis through bbc i like it a lot grounded i just found it recently and Mm. i can't remember who he was interviewing though and she said you know this idea i just went through all this trouble of releasing this album that took you know months and months and months and like i put my heart and soul into it and it was a marathon and very little time goes by and suddenly there's this demand like you know when will there be more like it's never enough you Mm. know what i mean
1: Yeah, I think that's true. I think that definitely uh, is evident in uh, like a million different ways. You know, everyone's hungry for that next season. Just going to give a quick shout out and don't worry, I'm not on the payroll. But uh, Yellowstone is a super cool show and I'm really pumped for season four to come out. And to be honest with you, if I can get real deep on this one. I'm more excited about the sheer existence of the show because there is one that is forthcoming and it's a circle that continues to uh, resolve into itself, you know? So there's like a, there's an ongoing narrative instead of just a narrative. So I would say for that reason, a lot of media is very um, sexy and attractive uh, because it's also still forthcoming. It's a, it's a, like a constant evolution of uh, something. So with TV, people are TV junkies. They love the fact that there's, you know, any number of seasons or whatever. They'll they'll push a, a writing team to the brink of the end because they crave it so badly and the demand is so great that that that's evident uh, in any form of like entertainment or media. And that's a very true thing. Um, Some people do it because of the audience and the fan base. And some people do it because that's uh, they're the one that feels like the, the Turkey has been fully cooked in the oven. You know what I mean? And I I would fall more into the latter category in terms of, Oh my God, this thing is uh, eight songs. I have about 50. Uh that are ready to go. And that would include the eight. So I suppose I have 42 new ones that I'm ballparking here. Um, so I'm yeah, I definitely feel a lot of pressure to release those, but given the amount of time um and energy and sacrificing sleep um to do it, you know, in order to keep the balance of the household and life uh afloat, um, it's just a lot of work, you know what I mean? It doesn't mean I'm gonna not keep doing it i'm just gonna be uh i'm gonna be fair with myself about the level of output you know everyone would love to just have the whole catalog um just like totally polished and put out there that would be ideal but it just doesn't work that way necessarily unless it's your full-time job and you can contribute all of your time to that but if it's hobby time then you need to kind of like pace yourself you know so yeah I'm and and just for the record and this is you know i feel like this is a valuable point to mention because of what you said of like the compulsion to keep going and going and going um these 50 songs is within the last 12 months in fact less than 12 months it's about 11 months or 10 and a half months so there was a lot there was a lot in there and it wasn't uh, old stuff it was new stuff i guess i was just in a really a good creative uh little streak so i kept uh Kept tapping the, the you know, maple tree for my little morning pancakes, if you will. But, uh, yeah, I, I think I'll always feel that way. And that, again, that extends beyond music, but with music, for sure. I just, yeah, you you got to, you're always chasing that, you know, that white dragon or whatever. uh <laughs> whatever uh, elusive uh thing we we chase you know but
0: you're spot on with the the earlier point about legacy i think you know like wanting to have something but it's a fine line between um having this desire this innate sort of desire to leave something behind or have leave something,
1: something unique behind i don't want to just leave something you. behind then i could just take a shit in the backyard and i've been leaving something behind you know so <laughs>
0: Well, I mean, and then that's my point. I'm sort of pointing at this uh, argument between quality versus quantity. Uh, You know, it's like we're we're very much uh, in a quantitative orientation to how much, you know, how many many clicks, how many views, how many downloads, Mm -hmm. how many listens, how quickly can you produce more content? You know, it's this like idea of consumption versus, you know, and, and doing that, with very low caliber material over and over again, like your, you know, run of the mill band boy, or band, or band I boy. <laughs> I love it. He's just a band boy. I'm rambling. That that guy's a versus real, you Rex know
1: a real band boy. I tell you, that sounds like a David Letterman ism or something uh, like that.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is like a. I guess the podcast. I'm still figuring it out. the The Rex Crim show is, I guess. Um, just a place for regular, ordinary, contemporary conversation about philosophy.
1: Sounds like I'm at a like a, a class in university or something like that. Oh, Rex Krim. Nice, nice. I tried to get into that class. They had a pretty long waiting list, so I'm currently acting as his servant. We'll see if he lets me in, you know, like it sounds pretty it's- uh, sought after. Ooh, Rex Krim, you know, kind of sexy, kind of has like a Tom Stellick mustache going on. That's what I visualize when I hear Rex Grim. Ooh. Okay.
0: I appreciate that. You know, it's kind of a satire um joke, you know, the idea of kingpin criminology if you're interested uh, in in knowing this at all, I'm I'm, I'm holding, you know, I, I love a captive audience. But the idea is just to make to make critical and cultural um thinking of my, my you know, view on on the world which is largely informed through criminology to make that enticing not to make it academic but to make it consumable um because i see so much nonsense like you're referring to your favorite show on amazon right now i think i haven't seen it but my dentist and their and my hygienist the other day were referring to the show while while (laughs) doing the procedure on me
1: is that a is that a good sign or a bad sign they probably saw your handlebar mustache and they said, this guy, he looks like he should be at the uh, the bunkhouse.
0: Have you seen me lately?
1: Oh, yeah, you look drop dead gorgeous yes i've seen you lately mike well (laughs) what's it to you i'm looking at you right now yeah well you know
0: i i used to sport just the beard not like tom Selleck, just the mustache i mean but now i've got the full the full monty oh so anyway i we're i'm digressing and um i try to keep on track but um well let's get let's get
1: into the weeds baby
0: it's hard when when it's you know we're bound to derail well, I um, I mean, you know, I, I can't help but want to steer it in some controversial way. Um, you wouldn't have to look very far. You could always have a gander south of the border or or here even at home. But I don't really feel like talking politics with you. I want to talk. We can about. talk
1: politics. I mean, I'm, I don't have any controversial opinions, I don't think. So we can talk about whatever you Tell want.
0: Tell me. Well, I hope that everyone's got some controversial perspective. Sure.
1: I mean, some are more balanced than others. But yeah, I mean, I, I like to look at both sides of any argument. I think that's a important part of evaluating. Uh, I don't know your surroundings.
0: <laughs> that's very much what this, uh, what this space that I'm trying to foster in the in the Rex Crim show, does. Yeah. You know, it's about just taking divergent perspectives, and um, yeah, so I, in a way, I'm going to kind of dig a little deep and try to see where it is that maybe you and I don't necessarily agree frankly sure that's uh that's the i guess that's the objective of the day sure yeah but but um before um i refer to the 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 meat and potatoes i mean i want to kind of get back to a conversation you and i were having on the telephone the other day yeah
1: you were um, trying to tape me so hard on that you were like hold on hold on i got my contact microphone just give me 5 seconds
0: yeah i wanted to and
1: i said i'm sorry i got to go to bed daddy's got to get his beauty rest yeah he's unsuccessful at that most of the time so i had to bounce but yes let's let's flesh it out well, let's I, get all the uh, it's good to ha- the sashimi on the table shall we for
0: context you know you brought up a very good point which 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 gives you know a better circumstantial understanding of of my view opposed to your view which is that you're a recent father yes and and you know i think congratulations is an order although it's you're not that not that reason i know it's been how how long
1: well you know i'm prince Hakim, so just throw flowers at my feet you know what i'm uh, getting at
0: <laughs> you're just an everyday hero um yeah doing exactly daddy uh daddy duties doing god's work mike yeah bless
1: um i mean yeah i'm Cheese. Uh, what can i say about that uh well, we were talking
0: a, we were talking about michael jackson to be specific um you know and, and well let
1: me let me yeah, let, let me start sure it. let me well i'd rather answer your first question i think that's a better way to segue yeah so um i have a wonderful daughter and I my dad told me you know you want a daughter you want a daughter first and I didn't have any preconceived notions at all I was raised by women and I love women and I think women are the very best you know and he said that to me and he kind of just said it made you a little bit more in touch with uh things you know and um at the time the advice was given I I I, it's not that I you know diminished it I guess I you know I was like okay well thank you you know it's, it's nice to hear but Raising uh, a young girl has been one of the, well, it is solely the very best thing that I've ever done in my life. And I have such gratitude and respect for um, what it is to uh, be a parent and to co-parent with uh, my wife. um, And yeah it's just it's a it's a wonderful privilege and we have these conversations a lot myself and my wife and we we definitely agree that we create a really good environment happy positive exciting um you know educational uh you know just activities like there's a lot um there's a lot that goes into it and i think if i could be a kid or anyone could be a kid they'd be pretty lucky to have this type of existence and upbringing because um as we all know the main development stages with children is between ages you know zero to six and i just think that (laughs) not like i didn't i didn't know that Not like you get to, like, kick your feet up in a lazy boy chair after six, you know, but you're like, holy smokes, do you have to be, you got to be at, you know, 10 out of 10 um, during that time. And of course, I want to be and we want to be and we try to be, you know, we're human beings at the end of the day, but I think we do a really sick job. And it, to me, has been the most um, enjoyable thing I've ever done in my life, above anything. It's really quite rewarding and I feel very much in love with uh, my child and my wife and my family and just like it's awesome it's like a really uh, endearing time that I don't take for granted and I don't uh, I don't underestimate in terms of its level of importance oftentimes in life we have these amazing things happening and we're we're a little bit slow to you know, give credence to that and, and uh, you know, blow a kiss to that. And I don't know. Uh, so, you know, before we get into the other stuff, I just want to say that like, you know, parenthood and, uh, you know, creating a really like happy, loving, um, you know, respectful home is a lot of work, but it's awesome and really rewarding. So obviously my goal with my my child is a person who's responsible for another human life. I just want to keep them safe and do the right things with them and like, not be some pardon my French Mike, but dozy fucking parent. I'm not going to be like coup de la or whatever. Like I'm, I'm riffing right now and I'm just using like expressions, but I'm just not mm-hmm. going to, I'm not going to like take my foot off the gas because Jeff Bezos can have a child. And I know he, I believe he has children. um, And you can be surrounded by, you know, the upper echelon of the elite, but it doesn't guarantee anything. I think a good home is a good home. Irrespective of whether you're, you know, one of the wealthiest people on the planet or, you know, um, really any classification, a lower class individual, uh, uh, you know, um, medium class, individual, upper class, whatever, like we're not defined by, um, some of the constraints necessarily. So I'm just saying that parenthood is an equalizer. You do what you do. I'm not saying that people don't have their own unique challenges with it. Uh, absolutely they do. It's just, um, I think it, I think it comes a lot from your, your blood, sweat, and tears, your work, your energy, your time, your, your, your thoughts. So I just don't, to recap it and summarize it. It's been an awesome privilege. I'm in love with my child and I'm so happy that um, I get to do an honest shake of this, you know, like, I, I guess I'm guilty for, um, or not guilty. I, I feel guilty or I am a little critical of myself in a lot of areas in life and parenthood is not one of them. And that makes me feel really. Uh,
0: you're, you're natural. Well, I know
1: I'm just, I just know that I'm doing my very best on it and I think we're doing really good. So I, I'm just, I'm, I don't, like I said, I don't lose sight of that. I don't just take the shit for granted because it doesn't always happen like that. And obviously people and children have a lot of different circumstances and, uh, in life. And I just, uh, yeah, just want to give it my best, uh, give it my best and grow a young mind and, you know, help, uh, you know, um, Form uh, an amazing, you know, woman of the future. Um, So I'll leave it at that. I'll I'll pass the torch back to you.
0: You're describing, you know, uh, caring, loving, you know, fostering a space for for well being. You know, in a time that conveniently is causing us to be in the home um, more than ever. How do you think that's impacting your little one's view on the world Uh, that's a
1: that's a that's a good question and i think um i think this is one of those things that uh you need to make the best of it regardless and the circumstances are obviously not ideal but that's uh you know them's the bricks so you just gotta i think you just need to roll with it and adapt and make the best of it you know what i mean that's that's we go for great walks outside and I've got a dog at home, so we go for, you know, nice family walks and go, you know, I mean, when I say go places, I just mean, <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, we, we enjoy the outdoors, uh, uh, we definitely follow the guidelines um, that are in place for COVID because I I do believe that those are important guidelines. I'm not a skeptic. You know what I mean? I I think that those are totally reasonable and we practice discretion. And uh, I suppose it's one of those analogies of like, you know, do one to others that you would like to have done to you. So I feel as though uh, that's, that's the, you know, fair and respectful thing to do to the, every person that you, might cross paths with you know
0: if anything i think you've got you know you're you kind of are lucky in the sense that you're able to to be around more so for the for those developmental years i i suspect it's
1: true but even if i let's just assume circumstances were different and i could just like run out the door and do xyz it's really tough to beat spending time with my daughter so for that reason, it's like, you know, I, it's one of those like happy accidents or whatever you want to call it, whatever analogy you want to apply to it. I just think it's uh, yeah. Once again, I don't take that for granted. I've got, I've, had an opportunity to have a lot of FaceTime with her. And it's been, she's like my, uh, I don't think it's a weird thing to say. She's like one of my closest buddies, my closest friends, you know, like we just spend so much time together endlessly, but it's, uh it's awesome. You know what I mean? And I, I here's what I can say as well, you know, just to kick things uh, off in a, in the direction that we're you know, inevitably going to, with this conversation, I was really fortunate to grow up with two awesome parents as well. You know, Uh, I did allude to the fact that uh, they were divorced when I was younger um, and they are, you know, respectively remarried, but they were great people and they always put their kids first. Like there was no debate about that ever, you know, and um, I love them today. (laughs) And they're great people. It's just, I, I also had the benefit of, uh, yeah, just like two, two sincere, um, honest uh, people who also were trying to do their best shake of that, uh, of that, you know, program of parenthood, which is no joke, you know what I mean? And especially I have, uh, there's four kids in my family. I've got three siblings. Um, So for that reason as well, like they, they really kicked ass. So I'm also, I think in many, uh, I think in many ways I'm uh, I'm a product of that environment and I, I really I, I'm almost I, I'm not reluctant to say that I'm not trying to put myself on a pedestal I'm just trying to say that I'm grateful to my folks for like giving a shit and I'm grateful for my folks for giving me like a, a good home to grow up in regardless and um, I owe them a lot and I think that parenthood humbles you a lot to where you like think back to stuff and you're like oh man like like those people really, uh, they really like, uh, dialed it in for you, you know? So shout out to my folks.
0: I think it's, you know, this is reminding me a lot of, uh, what, what the love of my life said to me and what someone else said to her, we accept the love we think we deserve. Um, and I guess in that same way, you give the love that you, that you, um, obtain we
1: give the love that we think we deserve
0: well we you you get the love that you that you think you deserve like having
1: standards is that what you're saying
0: yeah exactly it's about standards and like you're describing coming from a wholesome family you know and and bringing that to fatherhood yourself and um i'm just reflecting on um you know, the work that I do, and a lot of the the trauma and um, abuse that I see in my day to day. And, um, you know, clearly, that is rooted in not what you're describing, like, you know, you're, you're describing an ideal here, you know, a, a place of, of, of comfort and of joy. Well,
1: I think that's, that's irrespective of circumstance because it's all attitude, right? Like even if things are in flux or if things are not that great uh, at that moment, I think it's just like attitude. You know what I mean? Like uh,
0: I agree. A large part of it is certainly one's orientation to the world, mm-hmm. but clearly there are different echelons as you alluded to, you know, like you could bring in the recent uh, sagas of the in U.S politics i'm thinking of um who was it that allegedly hung themselves uh yeah sorry we're going we're going dark but it's a it's a late show who the hell what the hell is epstein and um you know like he's from a different echelon than than i think you where you and i would find ourselves and then there's a different
1: what do you mean what type of echelon are you referring to well just
0: uh just um i guess like middle class if it you know like just not living paycheck to paycheck but you know a little bit of savings your expenses are covered you have a house you have a place to live you know we're not uber wealthy like
1: are you talking about now uh or rather us now as adults i'm
0: just highlighting the fact that that there are there seems to be sort of this unsaid classism i mean i'm 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 riffing now but mm-hmm. in my experience i deal with a lot of people who are struggling mm-hmm. you know I, i'm vague about what i do for a living for for reasons um that shall remain unspoken at the moment but <laughs> but, but but jesus christ all... you
1: sound like the lawyer for epstein dershowitz just a sorry i guess i shouldn't say that that's not a flattering comparison but he is a no, lawyer, after fine. all, so that's what. They I do. don't
0: even get. I don't get the reference, but uh, I, what I, I think I'll you understand what I'm trying to, what I, what I'm trying to say. I dance around the subject for, for reasons that I'm still figuring out, and but what I can say is that you know I work, um, uh, you know I work with uh, highly vulnerable, disempowered folks mm. in Toronto, and and I'm referring to another echelon that's, um, you know that's been steeped in all sorts of unfortunate. Affairs. That's all. Yeah, I, okay. say. I think and I. So we we are lucky. We are lucky, and we do have privilege oh, yeah. in in that Oh yeah, way, definitely. That that's way.
1: that's a very important thing to recognize and not take it all for granted. It doesn't just happen this way. People get a really different shake on life, and um, it, you and I have spoken off the air about uh, a YouTube channel called Soft White Underbelly, which is um, it's powerful, it's grim, um. But it's a wonderful character expose on countless people, countless walks of life, countless uh, circumstances, and it. I, I believe it's a valuable insight. And I, I, you know, perhaps it's not me. I think the guy who runs the channel. What's his name? He's. Uh, yeah, did you watch the video, Mike? Did you watch the?
0: I'm. I'm actually drawing a bit of a blank. I think I did, but I can't remember. Okay, so. But, but I've written it down uh, so that I can link it if it's important and later for anyone listening.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, soft white underbelly. Remind me what we're talking about.
1: Yeah, the guy's name is Mark Leda. He was a photographer yeah. and he was in marketing for many years. Oh, His right. clients were... Um, it really crossed the gamut of, you know, Coca-Cola, IBM, Apple. I think he was the chief uh, photographer for Apple for maybe, um, maybe the better part of a decade, I believe. Um, he kind of looks like Michael Bolton. He's older. He's, uh, a Caucasian male with hair. Yeah. Um, he's handsome. I'm so
0: glad you brought it up. And,
1: uh, yeah, he's just like, he, his little, uh, intro in terms of his channel was, um, kind of some of the same things that I mentioned. It's just he, he believed it was important to give a voice to um, the many, I don't know, the many, I guess you could say victims, but that's not necessarily empowering. So the many people out there that have been victimized or been the victimizer. So it's an interesting counterbalance between these two sides and if you want to call it like you know good and evil or david and goliath or whatever you want to call it but it's interesting i don't know like it's it's heavy it's heavy 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 stuff i don't just watch it like on a beautiful sunny afternoon you know like i i guess i just sometimes i listen to it in headphones while i multitask and do other things i'm you so know, glad but-
0: that you brought it up because you're right it's so poignant and i will definitely be linking it because um it it's something completely relevant to what I'm I guess what I have had an organic desire to want to do myself yeah
1: yeah and I feel like your your podcast is a uh, almost even an evolution of the day idea I don't really think this is a copycat situation I think you're just uh you're feeling inspired and you're you've got a lot of great uh, experience and a lot of great ideas and you like to you like to twist the knife in a good way and i think that that's great i think that you got to keep the conversation moving if it's not moving then it's, it's it's dead
0: it's it's stigma through satire is how i see it And, um, you know, and, and this, you brought this to my attention and I find it really, you know, fascinating. And I did check it out and I'm going to share it for anyone that wants to see it uh, soft white. Because of
1: the content, he can't monetize it. So he makes no money off of it, even though his videos have millions of views because of the subject matter. um, He's not able to monetize it. And he also, as a successful...
0: Nor should should he want to.
1: As a successful, uh, you know, marketer, photographer, whatever the case may be, I think he did well in his career. And he has the excess capital to... I I wouldn't even, like, I'd be minimizing it if I called it, like, throw a 20, the direction of, like, one of, you know, one of his subjects that he would have filmed or interviewed or uh, whatever the case may be. And he, I think he said, and again, I'm, I hope... I hope the uh, fact checkers out there will um, do their due diligence. I, I thought it was in the neighborhood of like 200 grand that he had given away and like help people get a place and get a mattress and maybe a down payment on a car like people like all of the people that he crossed paths with he, his studio is in Skid Row, which is interesting right or one of his studios. Um, and he just he he's not an ATM. He's not an enabler. He is someone who I think his heart is uh, undoubtedly in the right place, but he likes to help people out. And I think that that's a how many fucking people out there. Sorry, since I'm, you know, I guess I'm about to fly off the handle here. How many people it, out there have millions and millions of views and don't collect any revenue from that and I I think that alone is a wonderful testament to like what that project is that is that is so many things it's art it's culture it's history it's human experience it's you know hindsight looking back you know hindsight 2020 it's like all of this altruistic versus realism versus circumstance versus mental illness versus like everything it's so it's it's such a um powerful encapsulation of um all of those subjects that i mentioned and many many others it's just i don't know like it's it's gripping so uh so,
0: so much you know in,
1: in, and the people sorry not i don't want to cut you off mike i i realize i've done that a couple times the people that the people uh, in his videos he has gofundmes for them and he gives um he gives power to a lot of his uh his um you know, if you want to call them models, maybe you might call them models. He gives, you know, power and a platform to these models where they can have a GoFundMe to help them with different things or give them a platform for them to do that themselves. So I really can't say enough positives about the channel and him as a person. And I just think it's really neat. You know what I mean? I randomly stumbled upon it on a YouTube rabbit hole. I just clicked on something and I guess I clicked on a couple other things. I'm like, oh, these videos look the same. They're all shot this way. It's black and white. I feel like that guy's voice is the same. And then I realized it's this channel. And I guess the rest is history. The guy's name is Mark Lata, L-A-I-T-A. And it's Soft White Underbelly.
0: Yeah, yeah. I got the link already. But Mark Lata, great work. And I'm just vaguely familiar, but w- yeah. well well said, um, well said bases.
1: Mike, I'm going to, I'd like to pause. I just want to take maybe like a quick five You bathroom, grab some water. So can we pause for
0: sure? I'm just going to keep it rolling and, uh, see you when you're back.
1: Just had to do a couple things, but thanks for.
0: I was just listening to your, uh, your album and sipping on some sparkling water myself. And uh, I was thinking it would be really cool. Maybe you would give me permission even to showcase, uh, Mm. some or all of my favorite track 100 I was thinking I could even play it out or at least I'll put a link to it but um
1: I guess my only qualification would be um how is it plugged in, you know, like one of my I almost wanted to put on the album and I'm I'm certain that it would have made me a bit of a heel and people would be like, fuck that guy. But I almost wanted to put on the album, please listen with headphones and not on a, a phone speaker, for example. I have a bit of a quandary with that, Mike. It really. I feel like people enjoy or they try to enjoy a lot of music with a a phone speaker. And some are better than others, but full disclosure, why I have a problem with it is my phone is really old and really busted up, and I love it that way. I don't want to replace it. I can use it until it dies. I can't get a full screen on YouTube. I get this tiny little window. I got problems with this phone. No tech updates, and I like it that way, and that's how I actually choose to keep it. But um, I want
0: your permission to, to, with that caveat, to make sure that.
1: Yeah, I mean, of course. I mean, as as long as uh, as good
0: headphones, you know, don't do it over some crummy speaker on your phone. But you know, you you have to realize this is an age of the digital age, and people are engaging with all sorts of content in whatever way. And they always want more content no, no
1: i i didn't i was asking that in the question of now i was saying oh i'm not gonna play uh, like it now. how i would i would well that's what i didn't oh, understand I'm i thought sorry. you were saying you were gonna I play was, it in the back i right was
0: i was actually just listening to and it i was
1: like i don't want to send like some shitty tin pan fucking no, no. version of a I,
0: I, I will do it
1: bag of bones oh. over here mike what am i it's not fucking halloween uh,
0: this mike you know wouldn't uh tolerate uh you know such such goofery use only yeah, you
1: have my permission you have my blessing Only the
0: best quality you know will i only in the, i want to say the best light i'm thinking of a of another analogy well now
1: i'm sounding like a shithead. no 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 no, only, no, no, i didn't i thought you're gonna play it on your phone and if you're saying you'll splice it in later you'll do fine it doesn't need to you don't need to give me the phil specter treatment because i think he killed his wife didn't he
0: <gasps> but to be fair, I was, uh, you know, to be clear, I, I was indeed listening to it while you were away. And, um, you know, so and sipping on sparkling water and the very same kind that's featured in your album cover, actually, funnily enough, it's I guess that's a PC. Uh, it's like a Canadian brand, it? I think. Yeah. Not something what? that our American friends or people in
1: PC is his president's choice and uh,
0: we'll link that in the description as well.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're the bomb. So get over there and get shopping it's
0: flavored water and i've had probably six cans already you know there's no, no
1: calories in. mike i mean we're all trying to keep trim during these times for god's sakes haven't had access to the uh, monkey bars in a while so now i'm just trying to keep it all
0: in check me and my sweetheart uh suck back these cans you know by the case but i, I want to pick up from where we left off we were talking uh, before um th- did you make a reference when talking about mark Lata? later uh of, of skid row and is, yeah, in, he, is that in he, vancouver
1: uh well i think there's different skid rows i believe this is in the los angeles area okay
0: that makes um, sense
1: um yeah so i think that's one of his offices it's really authentic and if you watch a couple episodes you'll find that you hear kind of like insane shit going on in the background you'll hear sirens like fights glass breaking crazy shit you know and he he wants it that way and i think it actually lends to it a little bit when you see the people the people with the you know very unique experience they've uh, had in their life. Um, Talking, they're very unfazed by the outside noise. And I find that very interesting. It's almost like they're in their comfortable habitat. Mm -hmm. They hear this like craziness going on and it gives them peace. Like how some people can like fall asleep to like an action movie or something like that. I'm not one of those people. I barely sleep. I'm like a fucking mummy. I'm fucking six foot you know, creepy crawler about the house. Daddy doesn't sleep.
0: I just jotted down while we were chatting, you know, you were talking about stumbling across this soft white underbelly. Yeah. And, you know, I'm sure that it it can't be random. I'm sure it wasn't random.
1: No, uh, no, he he's given a lot of props to YouTube. He says that they promote his videos, and why wouldn't they? It's intriguing content, and they don't have to pay him any money. So
0: I, the the uh, direction that I I guess I'm trying to steer us towards is yes um is uh, just you know that the algorithm is working in a way that you know it was meant to come to you. It was something that clearly would appeal to you, and we share that interest. And
1: uh, I get recommended a lot of stuff that I have no interest in, and is like truly the last video i would ever click on so
0: how do you engage with youtube like you have are you logged in when you're browsing for example no, i just go there i
1: guess i kind of flip around it's like uh it's the modern day equivalent of like flipping the channels you know just like you know peek mm-hmm. around oh, i'm not into this okay you got a cricket game over here you got i don't know dog tricks on this one youtube is you you realize
0: you of course it is without a question i mean it works so well but you realize that one of the sort of detrimental things about it is that it recommends things based on your previous taste
1: uh yes i understand the relationship between those two things
0: well that's not the focus of our conversation tonight but i i um I guess what i'm talking about is something like what you were referring to when you were you were sort of alluding to realisms or you know in circumstances and it relates to this idea of what i understand in, in terms of structure and agency like to our discussion of the echelons earlier you know you you belong as much as you have an individual will and autonomy and personal um sense of of interest and orientation there are always in check with that a set of circumstances and uh, you know social structures in play you know of you know so here we are finding ourselves talking about digital content on the internet connected from many many kilometers from one another toronto to ottawa
1: on the rex crim show
0: the rex crim show that focuses on making sense of misconduct through in-depth conversation and pokes fun at stigma through satire nicely done so now that we've kind of set it up a little bit and we're we're safely in part two Mm -hmm. i uh i want to kind of pick up where we were chatting about you know, Michael Jackson before and this idea of can you separate art from the artist mm. and you made me realize something when we were chatting the other night you know I hadn't thought about it the way that I'm sort of culture bound or my own social structure doesn't involve fatherhood you know I, I at the moment I don't really know what it's like to to have the the love of having to con- concern myself um, you know without with, with offspring and I mean I can just imagine. So you gave me some, you gave me, you know, reason for pause uh when we were chatting about that because I I was sort of leaning towards the idea, well, you can't, you know, in, in this cancel culture, mm. you can't divorce the work that, you know, it has been fantastic to date, and then all of a sudden they decide that you know the art is is valueless or akin to a book burning or that sort of thing maybe i'm talking out in left field but i i think i'm circling in on that area where perhaps we disagree
1: uh, okay so for the folks uh, listening in you're talking about separating art from the artist you're talking about judging both sides of the coin separately and not contaminating your alternate view uh because you want to keep the two worlds separate. I think that's, is that fair?
0: Yeah. I mean, I guess I'm wanting to talk about the the context and, you know, there's countless examples. It, it's such a fine line between sort of like abuse, you know, depravity, mental un, uh, unrest mm-hmm. and art uh, and making things that are unique and different and deviate from the norm. And, you know, and, you know, on the, on the cusp, like comedians, for example, are, are sort of um, always on this, on the brink of social acceptability. And that's why, that's why it's so funny. Okay,
1: so that's, may I stick on that for a moment? Is that, uh, is that a good thing? Do you want your comedian to be so cutting edge that as many people are entering the building are leaving? Is that how you measure a quality comedian?
0: Um, well, I think the, the beauty of comedy is that the answer is sort of immediate, I guess, you know, I, at least I'm referring to standup comedy. I'm, I'm thinking of, of great, you know, greatly funny people who, who say, you know, standing in front of an audience, you know, you know, then and there, it's an immediate feedback loop. If you get a laugh, it's funny. And, and if you don't, if the, if the audience does not laugh, it's not funny. And so, you know, we're 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 sidestepping the, the the meat and potatoes of the conversation i guess um which is which is totally fine yeah but i've, I've lost my train I, of thought, i'm more just I,
1: asking randomly like I, i'm not trying to uh redirect the the line of questioning i'm just i ask my th- myself the same question i'm like what do you like in a comedian i guess uh it, you know to be to give the most cliche answer ever if they make me laugh, right? <laughs> it's like what? What is that? Yeah. That's not a measurement. There's no fucking barometer well, for that. It's like a a,
0: per, a perfect example, as we discussed the other night, would be Bill Cosby. Yeah. A, a recent uh, example. Now he's not really of my generation, and I yeah. didn't. Pati- I know I'm, I'm well aware of who it is, but it didn't particularly wasn't. Wouldn't consider myself a fan, mm-hmm. but you know, clearly some controversial unpleasantries to say the least (laughs) Um, you know miss misconduct um you know to put it kindly you know transgressions that were made public you know and so anyway not to get on this high horse but uh does that mean to say i ought not to possess any albums um that he once produced on vinyl if i was a vinyl collector
1: uh good question um i anything that i'm gonna say about this is purely my own opinion so take it or leave it i don't really give a fuck
0: the position of bass is loaded
1: sure um i think it's a personal thing and i think you're welcome to feel the way that you feel if uh you're turned off by the conduct of an artist or a a public figure uh politician a musician uh Uh, you know, anything like that. I think if it bugs you and it offends you, then I think you should feel the way that you feel about that. I don't think that reforming uh, uh, mass opinion is going to do anything.
0: No, but surely interrogating why it is that you feel that way, you know, is, is somehow constructive, I think, in in being, uh, you know, being a more reflexive, human being yeah,
1: like okay i'll give you the honest shake on this since that's where you're really pushing it that's what i want yeah i know i know for a fact that i have bill cosby records in this house um and you know i don't go to bed at night thinking about it for crying out loud i'm aware that they're in this house i'm not holding on to them for any reason i don't play them for me he's on the outs for me i'm not i can't you know i'm sorry um, the why behind that? Um, I think this person had a really long history of really, uh, you know, violent and unacceptable behavior. So I don't, you know, it's really tough for me to admire the man or the artist or the comedian when, I suppose, depending on how heinous the charge is, and I I'm, I don't claim to be a juror or a judge or, you know, the crown in this situation, I, I just... Uh, yeah, I think it's just personal. Like we, we talked about this before and we name dropped a lot of names. We went from this person to that person to that person. And we talked about kind of like, not the, not, not the yes or no's. We just, we discussed it. We talked about it from different angles, you know? And I think that that's a funny uh, uh, segue. So for me, my vote on Cosby, he's out sorry cosby's out
0: fair enough I, I mean i'm i'm not i was he was never really in in my books i mean I, I wasn't really a huge fan
1: no no you then you weigh in and you cast your ballot you say he's out then you then you join me and you say he's out
0: yeah but does that mean to say um you got to throw the album out i don't i don't know i don't think so
1: i'm not keeping it like honestly when i see it next time i'll probably i'll probably ditch it i'll probably ditch really it, yeah it's not like on my fucking to-do list i'm just saying if i fucking see it i'll toss it
0: out but it's it's sort of remained on the shelf just on account of you know passivity or not giving it much thought except maybe for this conversation it's
1: like well deep into storage and i'm i'm not exactly pursuing records to expunge them you know and like i said i'm not uh i'm i i call them like i see them how about yeah.
0: that? Well, fair enough. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I guess I don't really know truly if I have an opinion on the matter. I, I'm sort of leaning in the opposite direction of you for the sake of good conversation, but I, I genuinely don't really know. I mean, I think of um, a similar, I, 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 I hope it's not a crude comparison. I, I think it's it's relative, but I think of, um, you know, the actor Kevin Spacey, for example, Uh, I'm not looking to graduate levels of transgression here, but
1: he's fallen from, grace. he's fallen
0: from grace. And I, I was traditionally a big fan. Uh, That's who wasn't.
1: He's wonderful at what he did. He's a wonderful actor, but he went and ruined it, unfortunately.
0: Well, it's very much in question um, for me, how I should feel about that. Uh, I, and I don't really know. I feel some conflict because, um, you know, I think there's great works. That if you look at and 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 reveal you know the context about it, it um, it 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 could be ugly you know if you put these Rex Crim shades on. I guess um, I'm thinking of Alice in Wonderland and the story. Um, if you look into questions of Lewis who wrote it, uh, there was you know sinister intentions. I've read in certain accounts.
1: Sorry, what's what's this? What
0: the, the author of Alice in Wonderland, who supposedly had an unhealthy infatuation with a very young girl named Alice. And
1: is that so? Yeah, so well, very questionable. That's not good. <laughs>
0: yeah, very questionable. But of course, that was in an, an epoch where there was no discussion of you know, you know, even the idea of sexuality I don't think was discussed very well. So now we're getting into the nitty-gritty, but if you do look at, at the finer details of uh Lewis and um not to be mistaken with louis ck
1: that's originally who i thought you said I, hope <laughs> I was like i'm like he's got his hand in everything he's in all the devious I shit I,
0: have <laughs> i confused these i'll have to play it back no no
1: no i i i mistook it i think you were on you were on the point the author,
0: the, uh, author of um, alice in wonderland is um lewis i believe kind of an interesting connection now that i make those dots i've never thought of that before now uh louis ck <laughs>
1: So here I'm going to ask you this question since you're a, a fan, mm-hmm. I believe at least. I, I shouldn't put that on you. I a fan
0: of Kevin Spacey.
1: You like well. I'm going to shift over to John Lennon mm. and I'm going to refer to his 1980 Playboy interview where uh, I would <laughs> I really wanted from a reporter standpoint point to be like and i quote but i don't have a quote so mm. anyway he spoke about the fact that he hits uh, women in his life and uh yeah he was quite open about his uh, attitudes toward that and um there's been many damning testimonials um biographers have captured you know like there's a lot of things that are just like lining up across the board so how do you um rex crim feel about that and your fandom or potential fandom of the Beatles?
0: Well, um, I read, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. I read, uh, I think it was called nowhere man, which was sort of a biography on John Lennon and came to learn that about him. Um, yeah, but I, I mean, it doesn't change the fact that it doesn't change the Beatles. Uh, I mean, it, it provides a, a bit of insight, um, you know and it gives a bit of context which i'm fascinated by i'm, I'm really interested in this minutiae um there's something to be said about applying a 21st century look onto an historical context you know clearly growing up in his era sort of in the 60s and 70s the topic of domestic violence and s- sexual assault and abuse like those things weren't even on the radar So this is a little bit akin to a conversation I've had about the song. What is that Christmas song where they where they say, oh, baby, it's cold outside, you know, not to. Well, the point is essentially, you know. You know the song I'm referring to? Baby, it's cold outside. You know what I'm referring yeah, we to? we talked
1: about that the other day. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I've talked to other people about the same <laughs> idea, which is... We
1: talk a lot, Mike. We I do. guess we, we just can't stop talking.
0: We decided that this was an important conversation enough to form oh, yeah. the basis of a, of a podcast episode. So Absolutely. so can that song that was written you know in another time suddenly be required all of a sudden? I mean, yeah, when, when travesties are found out... I guess it has to do maybe with with the artist, you know, currently being alive, maybe that has something to do that's a, that's a threshold or a a criteria to measure it by because, you know, in Michael Jackson's example, um, you know, in his case, yeah, I don't know, I I don't know, I'm I'm ranting out, out loud now there's a lot of desire that people have in, in exposing this ugliness, you know, you know,
1: it's true. They do. That's true. The Netflix Um, series
0: about the, the, uh, the wine, uh, not, there isn't one. I don't think yet on Weinstein, but Epstein, there was a big Netflix thing. I I ate it up. Talk about binge binging. I mean, it's delicious.
1: (laughs) uh people love it I, I know what you mean i mean, i think you're saying your appetite for content your appetite for uh like story and like you know
0: and, and so, but i sort of like also pointing the finger or like peeking into the naughty uh the naughtiness of of wrongdoers you mm-hmm. know what i mean like i don't know i i'm thinking of just true crime in general and this whole drive that there is people are interested in true crime and being a scholar of crime or someone that's interested in the idea of criminology it's baffling to me that there isn't a little bit more critical thought of how individuals situate themselves in a culture that celebrates seedy you know cases of abuse but that wasn't a you know that wasn't a question that was a statement (laughs) all right so have I gone to, uh, you know, now I've gone, you know, with the... Uh, no, no, I think what... Zach Galifianakis between two ferns. Well, uh,
1: <laughs> no, strategy. but I think the... I think we're, what we're both trying to get to the bottom of and uh, ascertain is what is the, um, what's the final wave? What's the straw that broke the camel's back? You know, like uh, there are acts of uh, people in this world that are reprehensible and yet the fandom and the um, adoration continues. And I, geez, man, I don't have the answer. I really don't. I'm more just one of those normal people that's thinking about it, Um, but I do think about it and it's a, it's a interesting question you know like what
0: (laughs) maybe i've i've directed us too philosophically or maybe it's getting too late in the evening Uh, i'm not sure although i feel like i've got plenty of ammo still to yeah yeah, let's go yeah i i guess it's um i'm just taking a critical look at myself about you know where i situate me and how i consume content Mm -hmm. and and currently how i produce it i'm mindful that it myself, you know, I, it petrifies me at the, the concern uh, around being canceled myself and being, um, you know, unemployed on account of something I, I did or said, you know, a simple mistake, but what is it described at a past that's no longer ineffable? You know, it, there's, it's always being recorded and there's always now scrutiny um, placed on you that you could be canceled at any time
1: there always was and i have a follow-up question for you do you think that like culpability plays a role in this um does owning up to your misbehavior um you know enhance the next step um i think so i think i think we all make mistakes and it's really uh important to take ownership of that and not defer blame and, and that kind of thing. And I think that unfortunately in the realm that we're at least talking about with like famous musicians, be it Michael Jackson or John Lennon, or, uh, you know, CeeLo green from Narls Barkley or Elvis Presley, who kept a harem of 14 year old girls or Chuck Berry, who took a 14 year old girl across state lines. Um, I think I think it's important to reflect on the past, and I, I don't claim to have the answers, but uh, I think I know the difference between right and wrong, and a lot of those things I mentioned just feel kind of wrong to me. And I respect that times were different, but uh, I just uh, I've got mixed feelings about a lot of these uh, allegations, you know, because, yeah, I don't know. it's it's such a it's such a tricky subject. It's so it's so tough. I think it's just personal. I think you kind of just say, I'm still into this, you know, or I can look past that. Hate to name drop him because I really don't like the guy at all. Uh, Chris Brown is still, you know, some has some level of relevancy in the music business, and that is such a like a shame because the guy's a piece of shit, uh, from like A to Z, uh, not a good person. And you know, like I think people are still like I can monetize that, I can be in the business of that, I can kind of like I don't know, just Re redirect the branding of that or whatever the case may be and I I don't know again and I'm sure that's totally my opinion and I'm sure a lot of people are like yo fuck you Um, but you know it's just my thing so I I defer to the audience on what everyone thinks about it
0: yeah i i mean the a strong um position to take on you know on someone i wonder are they never redeemable you know is 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 it true that chris P- brown is such a piece of shit that he can never uh redeem himself well
1: he just seems to kind of continue to be kind of a shithead or a douchebag or whatever people are calling each other these days he just doesn't seem to improve with time there's no like reflection and ownership and just like you know like it's not that difficult to act like a real a real piece of shit you know it's really easy to act like a piece of shit but it is
0: the opposite of yeah geez i don't know well i'm glad you said the word allegation you know you it's a good point because it doesn't require any more being convicted of something it seems it's just a mere allegation and now you know put chris brown aside because there are people who who you know we should we need to say if it's important to to categorize them into any sort of typology at least we can say there are some that some transgressions that are seemingly more aggravated than others you know some are somewhat there, there could be minor allegations of minor transgression sure, sure. and there's like serious misconduct
1: oh and unfortunately there is unfortunately there's uh oodles of
0: uh all sorts of gray you know it's on a it's uh you know there's there's no end to atrocity uh, i guess but um but these days it would appear as though as at least you know as a as a white, you know, heterosexual male, I don't know how talking about LGBTQ2 plus rights with my mom (laughs) recently. And, uh, you know, I I reflected how I have to situate myself in context that's important to me and circumstance, but how far do I have to also acknowledge my privilege? You know, I like, to what extent does that occur? That's another topic for a different day. Probably. But, but yeah. But um, but a little bit of tangential thinking on my part, sorry. But you know, I'm I'm uh, I'm keenly aware of the possibility to be sort of outed for any small transgression that that might've happened in the past. Um, you know, it seems like it could end at all these days. Um, and, and that, and that explains, I think uh, a great deal of pressure that was brought off of, off of my shoulders and the decision to get rid of social media and the main, the main accounts, you know, the, all the the main Mm -hmm. players, although here I am creating a, a long format chat, you know, that's well thought out and, and free flow of consciousness in the form of a podcast, which is kind of interesting, because I'm putting myself out there entirely for mm. critique, as you are too, in your work and um, in your lyrics, I think. Oh, uh, yeah,
1: I wonder, um, we we did randomly bring up Ariel Pink, because uh, you knew I was a fan um, from years back, and you asked uh, about that.
0: Yeah, well, I, I should have done my homework, I should have been better prepared and, and looked it up. And, um, you know, I'm just thinking of of our chit chat back and forth, but there's so many examples. It's countless. Let's
1: focus on and that. Royal
0: pink is, is one that I'm not that familiar. Well, with.
1: you asked, you asked me a question the other night. You, I thought you said something to me like, Oh, like, you know, weren't you a fan of this person and et cetera, et cetera. I thought you did. Did you not?
0: Yeah, indeed. Indeed. You, and you brought up to me, to my attention, we were talking about Fox news and politics in the U S and you um, brought to my attention that he had, you know, had quite the fall from grace and on that um, show well no he that was part of the fall from grace i imagine i mean i don't know uh, not, you know not to throw fox news yeah. under the bus but, I mean, <laughs> you'd never want uh, to throw <laughs> them under
1: the bus um yeah i he the ah uh, geez where do you even begin with this um
0: so we'll just rehash for anyone i mean I, I don't know if that's something that's worth no no we should i think that's who is this person and how did you meet them
1: oh geez uh okay it's not really that glamorous of a story uh this person... I think he followed around the band members from Animal Collective, and he more or less tried to give them, like, demo tapes and, you know, CDs and so forth. And on their travels as a band, they eventually listened to his shit, and they thought, oh, this is pretty cool. So they connected with this guy, and... Um, I believe they signed him to their label, which was called Paw Tracks, I think. Mm-hmm. Backcheck me. I'm checking, and uh, he just kind of started his own solo career. So at the time, I mean, like this was just a you know mercurial, uh, mysterious internet artist that just came upon the scene, and I thought he was—I uh, thought it was cool. Like I'm not going to lie, I thought it was awesome. that was a big, you know, was and geez, I mean, this is a tricky one, was and is, you know, like I, I've listened to it recently. And it's not like those other problems fade away. It's just like,
0: Oh, man, this is good.
1: This is good, you know, and I know he's been up to some real shady games in terms of, uh, you know, just being like a dickhead. I, I met the guy in person didn't have a huge interaction. He was, you know, cordial, but, you know, he couldn't be bothered. So um, I've got other friends who, have met him just at concerts and that kind of stuff. And the feedback is mostly the same. And within the industry and within that space, he is uh, known to be a little, uh, you know, crusty or whatever.
0: He's not the most pleasant. He's kind of got a, uh, a surly kind of attitude.
1: He's kind of surly, but, you know, the, the musical vision is really strong. Um, recently, there's been allegations of um, him attending a uh, Trump rally at the Capitol, which he, uh, you know, claimed to be uh, a peaceful attendance. And that I mean, I'm, I am not the judge or jury. I have no clue what happened there. This is like news that I've passively read. Um, I think he said, you know, I was there to just uh, like attend and... I think he was a a Trump fan and supporter, but that got him in a lot of hot water. There was a lot of pushback from the industry. He got dropped from his record label. Um, People tried to distance him themselves uh, further than they were before. His critics uh, chimed at a, a high pitch, you know, like it was just going like that for him. And then he did this terrible interview on Tucker Carlson. And I, I, talked about this with uh, the host of this podcast and he was like do you watch Fox News and I said no I don't (laughs) this was a clip I saw online don't worry uh (laughs) and uh I saw him just like acting like a complete sorry for anyone who's offended by this type of talk but a total pussy I was like fuck (laughs) that's like not a good uh light to see someone in that you really like uh look up to but I think the guy is just a weasel I think he has talent for sure no question and lots of it but is just a weasel and kind of a dickhead and just doesn't really have a temperature in a room it's almost like a he's trying to prove a point of being like so contentious and so forth and you know
0: looking to create controversy or something like that
1: yes but at at the other end of the spectrum he's uh i don't know he's striking provocateur
0: provocateur yeah
1: sure sure he is um But he's just a dick. He just picks fights with people that he doesn't need to. He was picking fights with Grimes, and I think she's a she's like awesome. She's Canadian, very talented. I really think she's an awesome artist. I've seen her live in uh, Chicago at Pitchfork Fest, and she put on a really sick show. So I'm a big uh, I'm a fan of both. It's a complicated thing because they kind of hate each other. You know, Ariel Pink is like being a real dickhead to her. She's. she's kind of giving it back to him, like, you know, fuck off. So I don't know. It's a tricky one. It's a really tricky one. You know?
0: Is there any artists that come to mind who are like admirable in in your mind? Like who is it that you look up to? Oh shit. I don't know. It's easy to point to the ones. I I think we have a proclivity people do in general at looking at the negative.
1: Are you talking like ethically or like musically? Because I can give you musically pretty quick. Do you want that?
0: Well, who are you listening to at the moment? I could ask, but no, I'm wondering who do you look up to? You know, do you have any heroes in music, musicians that you aspire to be better because of?
1: Well, you be better because of... Eh, better in what way? I mean, I guess I need to know... Well, do you have I mean any
0: idols me? that are musicians? You know, who are your musicians? Of
1: course, of course. But I idolize them for different reasons. Like, I don't... They're not... I, are not just my, my idols. It's not like a, I stroke their pictures at nighttime. You know what I mean? Like I, I look up to these people, oh, but for different reasons. So there's like musicality, there's like personality, there's you know art and uh, appearance, and like there's a, like a lot of different um categories to kind of look up to someone in. You know what I mean?
0: Who so, who, do you, who are you listening to at the moment, and uh, who do you who do you like now? I
1: would say to anyone who's still listening, which thank you so much because this has been a fun uh i feel like just two good friends talking here that's what you're hearing i love mike and he loves me and we're just good pals so this is fun um my picks would be coneheads lp1 which is a punk band from who the fuck knows because they prefer to keep a really uh low profile and um they they just like to fly under the radar they take pride in not having any information out there about them and that's cool i don't care i don't really fucking care the album is fucking what are sick the key, and you
0: can the key internet uh, word searches to find that
1: I think if you go to I think there's a there's lots of free downloads you could probably go to YouTube and put in Coneheads LP1 and I think you're going to pull up a YouTube page by Jimmy I think the name is Jimmy I could be wrong anyway um click on that and it usually has like a a uh, pretty no frills link like a mediafire link or something cuz it's the punk bands putting it out themselves so they're like they're happy to give the link in other words it's an easy experience so check that shit out that shit's the bomb best punk record probably in the last uh 10 years for me I, that's my vote
0: I, I will uh i'll see if i can find that i've got lots of uh, homework to do in in plugging in uh, all these references i didn't expect that to be part of our conversation
1: well you heard my album Mike. that's usually how i roll. yeah it is
0: it's cheeky and um it's full of reference and it's making me want to uh to get sort of intertextual and um so thank you in advance for the for permission and being able to use it and I'll somehow showcase your work uh in my channel. We're 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 getting, you know, near to wrapping up but we're not quite done yet. I um I'm th- I'm mindful that if there's uh anything else that should be included in show notes or whatever, you'll you'll shoot them to me or you'll let you'll let me know. But I I'm still um, wanting to linger on this idea of um, you know, the, the fall from grace. And I guess I wonder, do you concern yourself? Is it something that, uh, that bothers you as much as it does me? The, the angst or the idea that, you know, you could be turned off or demonized or condemned? um, for, you know, something that, that that's in your past, can you redeem yourself, I guess, or,
1: well, I mean, again, now we're getting into some interesting territory, like redeem yourself in front of who I'll tell you, uh, and whomever is listening that, uh, any stuff that I've done that I've like really regretted, I really regretted it. (laughs) So,
0: um,
1: it stays with you and you try to just kind of just try to purge it out of your system. And, um, I don't know. I, for me, it's important when you make a mistake, you own up to it. And I have made a lot of mistakes. I, you know, this is a funny, uh, you know, rating scale to get into. I don't think I've really done, um, anything bad to anyone. Uh, anyone is welcome to, uh, speak to the contrary, but I have done, you know, you know, disrespectful things uh being a shithead um uh, hurt people's feelings be be careless and and all of the above um mean uh you know the whole spectrum of emotion i'm sure um but i just try to own that and i try to like uh, just be like humble and move with it, and make it a part of you, but not not make you a downer. Make kind of make you more reflective and like, uh, eh, you know. And I and I and I've tried to make amends with anyone that I've uh, I guess been a been a jerk to.
0: Isn't it about you know? Yeah, I mean, I I me too. I mean, I have a I would like to think I have a, a deep sense of of right and wrong and sort of a moral compass. And people have commented on my intuition, and I think you have it too. I think what you're referring to is, you know, this idea of having a responsibility, you know, to learn from, from, from transgression and move forward. So it makes me wonder, and that's something that we maybe can't figure out tonight, but does something, you know, terrible in their personal lives? What is is the, to what extent uh, does that impact their their work?
1: I think it could be cancellation. That's probably the worst case uh, right scenario. Right
0: now, definitely, or criminal proceedings. Oh, okay, yeah, sorry. Civil, and then civil yeah, litigation yeah, and the yeah. rest. Sorry, I meant the death penalty in some that's countries. True. That's true. Um For just uh, you know, for just simple, simpler transgressions. Or...
1: I don't know, man. I, jeez, this is so such a neat it's a neat subject, but it's like so endless, you know? So I just, yeah, I've,
0: I've, I've been, uh, you know, I've been bending your ear all night on this and um, yeah, I think, you know, I've um, I don't know what more there is to say. I mean, we both got to get some shut eye and uh, catch up on our beauty rest, but I mean, I'll give you the last word um, shameless plug talking to bases loaded and we're all going to be soon listening to um, an exciting segment of, of your, uh, of your work, I'm going to be playing you out to your own work. You said something tonight that uh, makes me want to almost title this episode. Um, Accordingly, you said, you know, grow a young mind and referring to your baby girl. Mm -hmm. It's, it's a, it's an interesting way of, uh, of looking at, at life. And um, it's an exciting new chapter that you're starting.
1: Yeah. So I guess my final words for tonight would be uh, live honestly and live earnestly and um be great to those around you because this is all really short and doesn't last forever and that's true for both the good times and the bad times follow your own compass and try to not subscribe necessarily to what different sources have to say you know find your own way and pave your own path and arrive at your conclusions independently thank you for having me on the podcast this was fun i feel like we thanks for coming. We talked about some interesting funny things and uh and some tough ones. This was
0: the first, the first, but c- certainly not the last uh, time you'll be uh, hearing bases loaded. I uh, I'm wishing you all the, the most success in your most recent work, computers, breakups, sparkling water. Well, thank you, Mike. Bases. Thank you. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for ch- shooting the breeze. Uh, God love you. God bless. Keep it one keep it one